Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome into the Bulls Talk podcast. I'm Mark Shanowski. My special guest today is Ernie Johnson, the host of Inside the NBA, done such great work for TNT and also very involved in charitable efforts. Tell us what brings you to Chicago this week. Uh, well, it's a, it's a very cool night. My wife and, and I are up here. Cheryl and I have been married 35 years, and we, uh, we have six kids, four of whom were adopted. And so uh, the Gift for Adoption Fund um, wanted us to be here to speak um, and to be honored guests tonight. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's why we're here. And, and the cause is, is great. I mean, and, and the need is great for folks to to donate, to make it possible for people to adopt, to give kids a second chance. And so uh, uh, when those are the parameters of the organization, we're all in. I know a lot of folks saw the special feature done on your son, Michael. What's been the outpouring of reaction to that feature? Um, it's been life-changing. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and that's not a, uh, that's not an overstatement. In fact, I told Jeremy Schapp, mm -hmm himself. I said, look, you changed my life with that. You changed our family's life with that. Uh, because it did open a lot of people's eyes to adoption and to muscular dystrophy and, right. and just, you know, caring for special needs kids. Um, and it was the spark that made me write uh, unscripted uh, a couple of years ago. And so, um, no, I, it, people could not be kinder. Could, people couldn't be nicer mm -hmm. um, uh, with their reaction to that. And and uh, bottom line on that is that we, you know, Cheryl and I have had, um, you know, we've had uh, quite a run with <laughs> with our family oh, yeah. over 35 years, and everybody has stuff, and and that's kind of the story of how we kind of dealt with the uh, with the stuff that life hands you. I'm sure our listeners are curious. How's Michael doing? He's um, he's going to be 30 in August, Great. and uh, hanging in there, man. We we look at a miracle every day. And obviously adoption is a special cause for you. You have four adopted children, and yeah. that's something that, that I'm sure that you want to get that message out to as many people as you can. Sure. That if there are any barriers we can help overcome, you're happy to do it. Oh, without question. And it's, um, you know, it has to be something that's, that's in your heart. There has to be a tug mm -hmm. there. I mean, we're all wired differently, Mark. I mean, sometimes, you know, I've, I've had friends of mine, uh, my contemporaries, who they really get fired up to take a mission trip, go to uh, Africa, build wells, do that kind of thing. And, and, and for us, it's been adoption for mm -hmm. me and Cheryl. It's, it's been, you know, going to Romania to get Michael, going to Paraguay to get Carmen. We adopted two girls out of foster care in Cleveland uh, about mm -hmm. seven years ago. Um, that just fires us up. And, and I think uh, even if that's not something that you yourself want to do, uh, if you're aware of the need uh, for people, especially those who have a heart to do it and can't afford to do it, mm -hmm. then organizations like like the one we're benefiting tonight with the gift of adoption, that's, uh, that's what they're all about. Making the transition to your 
regular job. I sometimes must feel like you have three overgrown children on the set when uh, Shaq and, and Charles get into one of their rants. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, mean, how do you moderate that? It's got to be a challenge at times. Uh, well, it is, but it's been fun. And, and you think about it, look, it, it, we're in the same business. Mm -hmm. How often do you see three guys, in this case me and Kenny and Chuck, together for 18 years? Right. I mean, that just doesn't happen anymore. Uh, I've been there for 28, Kenny 20, Chuck 18, Shaq the last seven. And you just don't get that kind of longevity in a business that's always tinkering and always trying to say, well, maybe we could, let's try this guy with this guy and this guy with this guy. Chemistry's so hard to predict. Right. And so it's been a wonderful ride. And, and it's, it's funny you, you describe those guys that way, but it's, uh, you know, people say I'm the point guard or I'm the mm -hmm. traffic cop or I'm the ringmaster or the, the best was I was doing an interview on the radio last year and a guy said, no, I've heard all those things too, but you know who you are? You're the dad who's driving the car across country and you turn around and say, if I hear one more word, I'm turning this thing around. And that's the way I feel some nights. Well, I really appreciate the way you're able to navigate those challenges in a show. I host our Bulls pre and post game coverage. Yeah. And my partners are Will Perdue and Kendall Gill, great guys, kind of more on the soft-spoken side, very intelligent in basketball. Occasionally, Horace Grant will sit in as a fourth. And that's always a challenge for me to make sure I get enough air time for the three analysts. That's, and I know what, for that's you, what we're always doing. It's that's what we're just trying to, get, we're trying to get guys' touches. You know, <laughs> it is, and that's, and, and that's the thing. I think, I think the key to, to doing what we do is knowing your role. Right. You know, when you're dealing, when you have three players on the set, nobody at home cares what I think might be going on in a huddle with 1.7 seconds right. left, but they do want to hear from the three guys who have been there. And so I need to, you know, I need to get them where they can be their best. And the thing about our show is a lot of times I don't have to work about with, with getting touches because whoever yells loudest is heard. <laughs> and so if, you know, if Shaq feels like he's being ignored, he will just you know, bellow and then start something with Chuck. And then all I can do is say, and we'll be right back. So it's really not that hard a job. Is it a challenge at times though? Because usually you'll, you'll set up Chuck first and sometimes Chuck just won't stop. He'll keep going and going. And you see Shaquille over in the corner and you're wondering, what is he thinking right now? Has yeah. he ever shared thoughts with you like, Ernie, you got to give me more airtime? No, no, nobody ever says that. And I, and I consciously try to vary it mm -hmm. and I don't want to force it because you know if, if the producer tells me 20 seconds left in the in before before we come on at halftime and says Shaq's pictures are of uh, of, of what he thinks uh, the, the Bulls bigs are doing in the first half and the Bulls are down 12 at the half and Kenny's are on the Bucks and and the Greek freak and they're up by 12 so naturally we're going to go to Kenny first you know we're going to get to him but when i can go to shack first i like i like to vary yes and yeah. and um and, and that's the thing we don't rehearse any of it so uh, nobody knows who's going first anyway <laughs> and they're just it's it's they're they're full grown men they know what we're, we're going to be talking basketball and and their job is to be ready to talk about whatever we want to go to and so and i think what keeps what keeps the show fresh what keeps it fun is that it's spontaneous, it's uh, extemporaneous, and it's uh, a free-for-all sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just show up having done your homework and we'll all get along fine. Now, some of the times where the conversation gets very heated, usually between Charles and Shaq, yeah. and they talk about furniture is going to start moving. Does that and ever Google get me. close to being Google serious? Me. Yeah, yeah, no. I, no. I, people want to think that yeah. because they do get so 
intense, yeah. and that's what and that's what these guys do. I mean, these are these are two larger than life, iconic figures in the NBA, uh, and they have strong feelings. And Shaq's feeling is always that uh, the big man rules the league, even mm -hmm. when the big man is taking a back seat. So he, he that's what he wants, and and he won't accept anything other than. You know, you got to give me 28 and 15. You know, that's what he's getting. <laughs> right, you know, right. and it, it, forgetting that he was Shaq. And, and so, uh, yeah, when they when when they have a philosophical difference, neither one of them wants to let it go. Mm -hmm. What I try to do sometimes in those is just say, everybody, just stop, please. Just let Charles say this, and then you can say something. But it's doing us no good to have Shaq have Chuck say two words. You say two words, and then everybody yells. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody gets heard. So sometimes that works, and sometimes <laughs> shut up. I want to, you know. So <laughs> I'm used to all of it. I know as a host, you're busy preparing for halftime and preparing for post game. So you maybe don't get as much time to enjoy the games or watch the games as closely as the analysts. Take us behind the scenes. Does everybody watch the games together, or does everyone kind of do their own thing? No, in fact, I think I actually get to watch more okay. of the game than they do because a lot of times I retreat to my office, mm -hmm. and I can have, if we have two games going on, if there's you know, a TNT game and then another game going on, I've got them both up. I'm taking notes on both of them, and I'm kind of getting ready for, for halftime at the same time. You know, sometimes in the green room, uh, a hockey game has everybody's attention, or the latest CSI is sure, on. Sure. And uh, but but as much as we joke about that, the guys watch the game, but there are other things going on in the world. And so, for me to really just zero in on the game, sometimes I just need to like mm -hmm. quietly retreat to the sanctity of my office and watch the games. And, and that way, also I can hear because I I want to be able to hear the game. I want to hear what Marv Albert is saying, what Reggie right, Miller is saying, right. what Chris Webber says, so I can reference that at halftime. Hey, see, Webb says that, you know, boom. Because, but if you're not, if you're not doing that, if you're just watching a screen and not listening to what's going on and what, what your announcers have said, then you're not trying to, then you're not, you're not really making it a seamless night where you can play off the remote and the remote plays off you. Well, I know the challenge is because my <coughs> former partner, Norm Van Leer, yeah. this was during the bad Bulls era after the championship era, the Tim Floyd uh -huh, early Bulls. Yeah. Uh, he used to watch uh, Law and Order during the game. Oh, did he really? And I used to try to have to fill him in on what was going on. Then he'd get on the set and, and rant and rave about things that he supposedly saw that he never, never saw <laughs> one second of. Yeah, but, but that was but what you made weren't going to so give colorful. him up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this this makes me feel old because I grew up watching Norm Van Leer play. Me too. Yeah. Norm Van Leer and Bobby Weiss yeah. and uh, and Tom Borwinkle and that whole crew. Jerry Sloan. Right. Saw Jerry Sloan play for well, the Bulls. You were already in Atlanta at the time, but I was yeah. growing up in Milwaukee when they were fortunate enough to draft Lou Alcindor, of course, became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. The Bulls were their biggest rival. So I was you know, a kid in, in junior high and high school in Milwaukee rooting against these Bulls teams all day. I used to hate going up against Van Leer and Sloan because oh, they were so physical. You had John McLaughlin and, right. uh, and uh, Bobby Dandridge. and Greg that. Smith was yeah. the other forward. Yeah, wow. Lucius Allen coming off the Those bench. were great days to watch, too. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's when my dad used to take me. The Hawks actually played at Georgia Tech back then before mm -hmm. they built the right. Omni. Yeah. And so that's where I watched Pete play and I watched Jerry West come in and and, uh, and Wilt and everybody. That's where I that's where I got my NBA education. Yeah, I wanted to be Pistol Pete. I had the floppy hair and the sloppy and the socks. socks. Yeah. And and we could and we shot crazy <laughs> jumpers out of the corner on the dead run. Didn't make many of them, but it was fun. That's amazing that we but we we did. I tell guys in the studio that all the time. I said, look, when I was growing up, that's who we wanted to right. be. Yeah. We wanted to be we wanted to be Pete. We wanted the hair to bounce and you wanted to just go 90 miles an hour right into the corner, stop on a dime, elevate, and hit out of the corner. And, and, and 
oh yeah? I said, believe me, this guy, oh, he yeah. had it he all. He was the real thing. If yeah. they would have had the three-point line in college, he would average oh, 55 it, points oh, a game. Would have been frightening. Yeah. yeah. I saw him play at LSU. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was something to watch. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, as a kid, you know, people talk about the greatest of all time. Of course, he wrecked his knee. Yeah. He had some problems off the court, which kind of marred his career. But he was one of the most spectacular entertainers on oh. the basketball court you ever seen. Oh, without question. Yeah, he was... Uh, yeah, he, he was doing stuff nobody had seen, mm -hmm. and that's why it, it caught the, the imagination of everybody. And, and uh, that was, he's still my favorite. He's mm -hmm. still my favorite of all time. Before I wrap up, I know my listeners would be upset if I didn't ask you about your recollections of the Jordan Bulls and maybe where they rank among the greatest teams of all time. They were, they were really good. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. <laughs> no, they, no, no, that was. That's Ernie Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was an amazing thing. You know what, I'm, I'm always, I always feel so blessed, Mark, to be working when I'm working. Um, and I think about, you know, I was, I was doing local TV in Atlanta uh, in the 80s before I started working at Turner. So I've been there since 1989, was at, at WSB, you know, starting at 82. Mm -hmm. But I got to watch Michael right. and Dominique have those, great, yeah. have those great duels. I mean, I got to watch Michael in his prime, got to watch Tiger in his prime. I got to in a cover, watch and cover these guys. Michael and Tiger and Larry and Magic and mm -hmm. Chuck and uh, Jeter and Mariano Rivera and you name it. Uh, and, and LeBron and Kobe. I mean, it, it, all these sports. And look, it's great water cooler talk to say, mm -hmm. oh, this team would have always beaten that team. There's no way this team could have handled that. Nobody can, nobody can ever answer. Nobody can answer any of those questions. It's great to have a cup of coffee or sit around, you know, and smoke cigars and yell at each other uh, like we do on our show without the cigars. But we'll never have answers to that. Right. But I consider it a special time to have watched what Michael did. And, and I had this conversation with Chuck once, and I said, look, Everybody talks about everybody's will to win. Are you trying to tell me that Michael wanted to win more than you? No, I want to win. There's, got, there, there's a difference between having the desire to win and being able to will a team to win. Mm -hmm. Very few have that. Michael had that. And I don't, best I've ever seen. Yeah, Pete was my favorite. I, will, um, I don't think I'll ever see another Michael. You know, a lot of people want to harp on LeBron's record in the finals as being this negative, but still he took inferior <laughs> teams on. to the finals so Come many on. times. When, when you try to weigh the relative merits of Jordan and LeBron, I mean, it's almost impossible. No, I mean, you know what, if you were on the playground and you had the first pick and you took Michael and the other guy said, okay, I'll take LeBron, that's <laughs> fine, I'm good with that. And, right. if the, and if the first guy said, oh, I've got LeBron, the other guy said, MJ, mm, okay, let's play. Yeah. Uh, they were they're unique. Uh, I mean, their 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 skills are off the charts. Nobody had a physique like LeBron. I mean, he's a freak. Um, and to to be able to do what he's done, um, and really to go to the finals nine straight years or eight straight years. Um, but Michael was man. There, there was just yeah. that. It, there was just that it. He, well, that, it witnessing that it had. firsthand, covering him through practices yeah. and everything else, his competitive desire. I mean, all athletes have that thing that burns inside of them, but yeah. he wanted to win in everything, whether it was a pool game, ping pong, cards, whatever. He yeah. had to win. And, and I'm not saying LeBron doesn't have that, but I think that's what just makes Michael just a little bit of cut above. Yeah. Uh, you know what? The argument could go on all day. I'm glad I was, uh, you know, that I had a front row seat to both of them and to all those greats, man. You know, 
beats the heck out of working for a living. <laughs> it sure does. Before I let you go, uh, it'll be another summer of LeBron. Yeah. He's going to kind of hold the league hostage. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I won't be able to sleep. Is this, is this good for the league? I mean, it, the drama <laughs> sure. certainly is. You know yeah. what I think? I think just in terms of the league, yeah, it keeps everybody's antenna up. You know, um, and so, you know, it's like um, in recent NBA off seasons, there's been as much news made and people talking about it as there is during the season. And so, yeah, that's going to happen. Um, uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Where, where does he want to wind up? You can make cases for other pla you know, places that, hey, that would be great. But what about Philadelphia with their young talent? You put a guy like LeBron in there. Does he really not like Houston? You know, I, I tire of it. I almost get to the point when, when, I'm watching the, when I'm watching the sports and it's like, well, here's here to talk about LeBron. It's like, I just can't take it right now. Right. You know, when oh, it gets sure. closer to that time, let's listen. But, but uh, we've seen that movie before. And the league's in a good place. My, sure. I've only had a few dealings with Adam Silver, but he seems like a very oh, incredibly right. bright man who mm -hmm. wants the best interests of the league. I think the NBA shows in the television ratings. People are really, really loving it right now. Oh yeah, and I and look, he's been very. Uh, you know, what, you know what he's done very well. He's got a, a great thing going between. The owners and the players. I mean, between the league and the players' association, they've got a real healthy mutual respect right now, and they and they both want the league to survive to to thrive. Um, so you know he's you know he stepped into some ridiculously large shoes in David Stern, and and immediately proved his worth uh, out there with, with the Clipper situation. Um, but I think um, you know I think. Being around the league as long as we've been around the league, um, just when you think you've never seen anything like it, mm -hmm. you see the, cyclic, the cyclical nature of the league, and you say, "Man, we'll never see another guy do what Michael did." Now mm -hmm. uh, we see, you know, because I I can remember thinking that too. Is it look at the look at the plays he's making? Look at some of the stuff he's doing, the high wire hanging in the air, and you see it every night. You see it from the 12th guy on the bench. Mm -hmm. You see guys who can do all kind of athletic stuff, but not on a right. consistent basis like Michael could do it. But um, the league has a way of replenishing itself. And when somebody's time is done, uh, somebody else steps up. And, and, and we, see that, we see that all the time. So you know, the league's in good shape. Um, as long as somebody beats Golden State. <laughs> Got to happen sooner or later. Yeah. Ernie, thank you so much for the time. It was so wonderful oh, to Mark, catch up thank with, you, a, man. I appreciate with a fellow it. Milwaukeean thank and a guy. Yes. I'm one of the few people who can say I actually went to a Milwaukee Braves game. And I'm sure your dad, of course, oh, being a pitcher for the Braves. County Stadium, What are your man. memories of that? Oh, I know you were you're very young. But. I was. Um, you know, I, when they won the World Series, I was a year old. I don't sure, remember yeah. much of that. <laughs> I didn't keep score or anything. Um, but yeah, I was. We used to go to the ballpark all the time. And after he retired, and he was working as the mm -hmm. PR director. We went to the games all the time. And then, of course, when we moved to Atlanta, I was always tagging along with him in the broadcast booth when he was when he was doing games. But that's um, no, always been my first love. Baseball's always been number one. That's what I wanted to do, man. I wanted mm -hmm. to be a baseball player. 
and you know the story. <laughs> I walked on, walked on as a freshman right. at the University of Georgia and was told to walk off as a sophomore. <laughs> End of story. That's why we both became broadcasters. <laughs> exactly I always wanted right. to play in the NBA and that didn't work out either. <laughs> Ernie, thank you so much. Oh, uh, best Mark. of luck with the event this evening oh, and, and we really admire all the work you do. It's just no. a wonderful cause. And no, you're you very keep kind. Doing it. Thank Appreciate you very much. It. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Bulls Talk podcast. Remember, you can find all of our shows at NBCSportsChicago.com slash podcast. Next week, the NBA Draft. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.